Welcome to Tampa Fishing Outfitters Radio Show, home of the premier guides and capmel.com. There's lots of good eating fish out there. You don't have to be snacking down on carp anymore. Captain Jason Prieto, Neil Taylor, and Danny Guarino give you the latest fishing forecast to keep you dialed in on the fish. First of all, it shouldn't smell like fish. So get ready for an hour of learning, laughs, and a little bit of cutting up. You chose as your topic fish. Tampa Fishing Outfitters Radio Show starts now. Now. This segment brought to you by Grizzly Coolers, coolers that are made to last a lifetime. For more information on Grizzly Coolers, check out their website at grizzlycoolers.com or visit a retailer near you. And welcome back to another great episode of Tampa Fishing Outfitters Radio Show. Myself, Captain Jason Prieto, is back in the studios. And Captain Danny Grano is not on a cruise. He's not fishing. And I don't think you drank any rum today, Danny. No, I haven't drank any rum yet. Well, you know. But it's it's good to have you back I'm in hobbling. the studio. You're hu- yeah, you got a hurt foot, bum leg. No, yeah. and Neil, where's Neil? Chasing women. Yeah, no, we gave him the night off. Neil <laughs> Neil filled in for us last week when we uh, uh, you and you and me were at the Snook Symposium over in Orlando. The Snook Symposium. 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 Implotation. No, the Snook Snook Symposium. It was good. It was good. It was very interesting. I learned a lot. Uh, I was glad to see a lot of a lot of positive come out of there. We had some crazy ideas too, which might be the come on man. I think the heater, the heater idea might be the come on man. That would be. Yeah, this definitely be the come on man. But we're, and we're going to cover that in a second break. Uh, we're going to we're going to cover a whole segment, maybe two, on the Snook Symposium and and. And kind of give you guys some education. Uh, there were some very positive results. Um, a lot of positive on Snook. It was a lot of positive. A lot of good stuff. Yeah. A lot of good stuff. But there was also some concerns from my end that I seen, and I seen some type of solutions that we're going to go into. You but and for, I will we'll probably end up disagreeing tonight. I don't think we'll disagree. I, I think I think there's if a, we don't disagree, it's because I convinced you to think my way. I think your way. Maybe ninety. There's one thing that I probably don't. Okay. And that was only based on the numbers and stuff that I seen. But I think it was good. But before the first part, Danny, we got to tell people how fishing is because we've had some three weeks of major change. It's been miserable. <laughs> it has. I, I fished this week a couple days, and I tell you, um, you guys that listen to us every week have heard us say how hot it was, and the water was too hot. And the fish wasn't in the river systems real good, and and it was just so different until the second of January, and then everything broke loose. Yeah, well, I'm gonna have to depend on you because I haven't fished a whole lot. Um, I got limped up, and I'll be back on the water hopefully sometime next week. Well, you haven't missed a whole lot, Danny. It's it's uh, I I tell you what, I haven't done, and I've seen some huge sheep's head on the flats. Haven't done any of that out in the bay, and I think. Uh, this week I'm going to go do that. Uh, yeah, the sheephead ought to be on fire out there in the bay. Well, I tell you, it it typically, and this year is always the exception because of the weather pattern. But typically, uh, usually February is when we, I've got my logbook. February is when we really that's when they the big ones start spawning. Mm-hmm. And you know the the, the sheep's head haven't been real good the last few years. Last couple of years haven't been real good. The real big ones like we used to get. And I think we're going to have that banner. This stuff goes in cycles, and I think we're going to have a banner year for sheep's head. And, uh, you know, it's one of the overlooked species. But 
Oh, it's a good species. It's great, great. I love. It's yeah. something different. I mean, there, there's, there's, there's one or two guides out there that make a living off of them this time of year. Yeah, I, I wouldn't want to make a living off of them. Yeah, they do. But it's fun. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. It's something different. Um, and for all you people that are snowbirds, sheepshead are not the same ones you it's have. Not, not the not ones you fish. get from Michigan. Yeah, they are different species. They're good to eat. They got, they're not they a junk fish. They're a pain in the neck to clean. They'll actually ruin a knife. But the the meat on them is just very excellent. Yeah, very white, flaky, um, very good fish. Very yeah. good food. They're they're fun to catch. They're great fighting fish. Um, there's mul- there's a they multitude swim of, sideways. Huh? I think they swim sideways. No, they kind of flip around, but they have such a wide body. Anything with a wide body like that's going to have to put up a good fight. Mm-hmm. But they have a multitude of ways to fish them. Um, most they all work. Some are great. Some of them are very high maintenance and a lot of work. I tend to go for the simple technique. A simple uh, one-aught Daiichi hook is what I use. Or a trident hook will work good. A one-aught circle hook or a number one small shrimp. Put you an egg weight and then use a split shot to hold the egg weight out of the way yep. and drop it down. Almost like a, 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 a version of a knocker rig. Knocker rig, yeah. But a knocker rig, the weight slid up. Right. So just slide the ride. You want the weight down versus a grouper, what they call knocker rig, down by the hook. Because if you have slack in the line, you're never going to catch them because you'll never feel the hit. You it's remember, you know hit. the old saying, don't you? What's that? When you're sheephead fish, if you feel a bite, it, wait, you're too late. See, I, I've got a little different technique for them. I, I tip, you know, when I tell people, because it's such a subtle bite, is you'll feel just a little thump, 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 thump. And I'll tell them, then you'll feel weight. I say when you feel weight, they ate it. Yeah, and that's that's typically yeah, when you feel when you feel the tension on the line or the pressure on the line. That's when you and then you got to and and people say, well, you're not supposed to set it. The circle has none. No, you set. Those. You got to set that hook because they got a, a bunch of teeth in there that that uh, they got they got uh, human teeth looks like. Yeah, so they're they're a great species to eat, great yeah, to the, catch. But, um, but you're right, it's a, a very slight bite and. Uh, um, if you feel the thump, 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 and you don't have a fish, pull it in because you're not going to have any bait left. Yeah, yes, and it's that time of year. And guys, there's still bait inside the bay. Um, this week, I I got through these cold fronts and had a couple days where I was able to fish, and I think I called the afternoon, 53 degrees at my dock, and I said there is no way there's going to be bait out here. 53. The water temperature. Water temperature is 53. Yeah. Now it was 60 last week. And December or January first, it was eighty. Yeah. So we've seen almost a thirty degree drop in three weeks. Mm-hmm. So I said, "There's no way there's bait." And we had talked on the way over here, and I said, "Danny, I just wanted to be hard headed, and I wanted to see if there was actually bait out there in this cold weather." And I actually got a live well full of bait. It took me about an hour, and there was a ton of it there. I just couldn't get the right throw, so it took me quite a few hours to do so. But there is still bay in the white uh, white bait in the bay. It's just uh, you need to throw a big net. Um, I'm throwing a 12 footer, and you've got to bring you some chum, and you gotta you gotta catch it on the right side. It's a lot of work, and I'll be honest with you, we caught more on the greenbacks on my trip as I had shrimp, but that wasn't to the last spot. We caught two snook, and then we got into some small reds. Where one after another, we caught probably 10 reds, and we ended up how with, small. Uh, 17 inch, yeah, 17, 16. The, the the river we caught them in the river. Um, snook fishing was not good. We caught well, we caught more. We had about five snook. We got about five snook, and that was all in white bait. Now the shrimp, towards the earlier part of the that trip, 
it was really cold, and I think the the the, the trout hit the shrimp just as good as they did the greenbacks. And yeah. we ended up with a twenty three inch trout that I did catch on the white bait. So the, I guess my my theory my, my model of the story is, even though there's bait out there, it necessarily you don't need it all the time. The metabolisms are slowing down with the fish. Yeah, well, everything's slowing slow down, yeah. and shrimp is a slow bait. So, yeah, and then you use a slow bait. If you're using artificials, you actually slow your retrieve down because you want to slow the bait down. When that water temperature is cold, the fish is going to go. Through, they're going to be lethargic. Their metabolism slows down. They're not real, real hungry. Kind of like us. Yeah, and sometimes it's yeah. Well, I don't know. I eat all the time, but. But you're slow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a lot of times artificial work better only because of a, what you call they call a reactionary bite, and that's only I mean, a reactionary bite is when the fish gets mad at it. It's not hitting it to eat it; it's hitting it to kill it, or it, that bait did something to agitate the fish. So, well, the bite, and I told my, I said, listen, guys, typically you're going to feel these fish hit. I said, it just feel even with the greenbacks a slow hit. They wasn't hitting chum. We had three fish blow up on chum all day. So it just, they were not active. It's too cold. Um, but, you know, it's just you have to, you know, Danny, when you go from warm to hot, you just have to slow everything down. You're going to catch fish. It's just not going to be active. You're not going to get them big thumps. You're not going to get the chum where they're blowing up on the surface. You're going to have fish that are very tired. They're very cold. They're still going to eat. They're just going to eat in a different fashion. And uh, you know we've got some more cold fronts coming. Well, it looks this like weekend. the rest. Yeah, yeah, it looks like the whole week next week's. Uh, you know, from today on, since it's a Sunday morning, from today on, it's it's going to be cold. And we'll get into the weather a little bit later. But I'm, I just looked at the forecast, and there's only one good day out there. Right, and and you know that, that that's that's the time of year we're in. It's not a bad time to go fishing. Just pick your days. That's been the key. And we've had to do that. I've canceled more trips in the last this month than I've ran. It's been a really probably the slowest January because of weather since the 2010 cold that we had. So you know, with that being said, just pick your days. If you got a great day, we're and, and you don't know it, we're gonna go. Uh, you're going on the boat with me. We're gonna do some. We're gonna do we're some hogfish offshore. Some what? We're going hogfishing offshore. Hogfishing. I've got some numbers. We're going about eight miles out. Okay, I'll go. Good eating, my buddy. Uh, my buddy's got uh, Jeff's got a Canyon Bay. He's gonna go with us. I got us. I don't have hardly any next week. As long as you get your foot better, we'll put oh, you. I'll we'll be, draft you down. My foot will be fine. Get me in a day or so. I'll be fine. So yeah, I think next week I'm gonna do that. And I've got, I think, just one trip next week, and then you know, going into February, we've got uh, some stuff with Mercury. Yeah, I think the one trip. trip I got, I gave to you. Yeah, well, you know, it's been a bad month. Everybody's really slow, yeah. and it's just based on the weather based on the weather so but guys we're going to take a little break but don't forget all of our sponsors go by see them say you heard them on the radio spend some money with them or just say hi tampa fishing outfitters one of the main ones go by there say hi uh, doa good company don't forget about canyon bay boats who else we got at home auto um 12 fathom lures we got a whole list of them guys go out there and send these sponsors make the show happen they've supported us for some of them going on 10 years now. Yeah. 10 years. And the new one, we got Smelt Feed. Is smelt there. Feed, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, you, you don't need a whole lot of chum right now, but boy, I'll tell you what, in the next couple of weeks, you're going to. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, guys, we'll take a little break, but don't forget to check out our sponsors. 
And you're listening to Tampa Fishing Outfitters Radio on Sports Talk 1040. The team will be right back. Captain Jason Prieto here, and if you're in the market for a new boat, I can't think of a better choice than Canyon Bay Boats. From their 2470 with its huge front deck to the popular 2400 with its full transom and offshore capabilities, they have the perfect boat for you. Each boat is custom built to fit your fishing style, and they have an option list that will make any angler glad they chose Canyon Bay. If you would like more information on Canyon Bay, check out their website at www.canyonbayboats.com or just give them a call for a sea trial at 727-639-7584. Introducing Finn, the world's first situational spectra fiber fishing line with four different braids to choose from. Wind tamer for windy conditions and put an end to wind knots. Shock absorbing for more stretch on those big bites. Original PRT for overall power and performance. And the new Extra Smooth, the strongest, smoothest braid in the market. Get the world's first situational spectra braid. Fins. The tides and weather are brought to you by Werner Paddle. For decades, Werner Paddles have been handcrafted in the USA, making great paddles for kayak anglers. If you're looking for a new paddle, look to Werner and try one today, because a great fishing paddle is a great paddling paddle. Go to WernerPaddles.com to locate a dealer near you. And welcome back to our second segment of the show. It's Sunday morning, bright and early. You're going to make me do the weather, aren't you? And you're going to do the weather, Danny. You just don't know it yet. Uh, You know, it was chilly this morning. Yes. And it's going to be chilly tomorrow. I mean, you know, 46 this morning, 60 degrees is the high. Gale winds yesterday, wasn't it? Yeah, and then 45 degrees Monday, 67. The only good day, temperature-wise, you got a 72-degree temperature on Tuesday with a 56-degree low. That's not bad. Looks like another cold front comes through, and then 52 to 72. And When's that other cold front coming through? Uh, looks like Tuesday night, Wednesday morning. So, yeah, it's just, it's just, it's that time of year. These cold fronts will eventually well, finish. Well, here's the, you know, and we're going to get on the Snook Symposium here soon, but here is the, the plus, okay? The plus is we're having winter now when it should be, not in March. So what we're going to do, we're going to hope that we get all these cold fronts out of the way, and then we start having our warming trend, and then we get in our spring fishing, and we get busy. Speaking of busy, guys, wait, Danny, wait, I know you do the tides. Oh, I, I thought you did the tides. No, I didn't You're do the tides. You're slacking over there. No, I did the yeah. weather. See, I take, okay. you, I take you out of the studios for a few weeks. Well, and- you are right about now at dead low at a point six, a negative point six. And you got an incoming tide all the way up to a 1.1, a whopping 1.1, at uh, about 3.30 this afternoon. So it's going to be tough. That's, you know, the tide, if if the wind doesn't keep it blown out, it's it, it, I think with the wind we got today and, and uh, tide going, coming in, it's going to be a tough tide. It's going to be a tough bite. Guys, even on the slower tides, though, it's a good time to go sheep's head fishing. Take oh, yeah. advantage of them oh, slow, yeah. just slow-moving tides. That's actually what I prefer to do. Yeah, but our, the problem with my my going sheephead fishing right now is that the sheephead spots where I go to, they're off. They're out in the open water, and it is rough. 
So you got to pick your day there. Yes. Yes, we do. But, you know, Danny. And by the way, we got a full moon. Now that scares me. That always scares me. Yeah. Full moons scare me. Summer, winter, fall, spring. Full moon, 100%. But usually right before the moons, it gets good. But after the moon, it, it uh, boy, it can be tough. It can be tough. All right, so what do you want to talk about? Not about houses. Yeah, I've yeah looked you're it looking and for talked houses. It. I told you, I sell you mine. I know, but you want too much. Half mil? That's I don't have that. We can start with a... What do you got? What do you got? Start high and go down. <laughs> go down. <laughs> but you got to take your boat off a lift first. Okay. I don't even really need the house. I'll sell the house and the boat. What if I just move below? You can do that. <laughs> That's one I don't want to talk about. I've done enough house talk for a, a lifetime. You move you, the two kids, and your wife in that one-bedroom apartment I got under the house? That'd be all right. Two kids and me, fine. I charge you a thousand bucks a month. <laughs> man, you're you're a good man. You're such a deal maker. <laughs> what about my boat? I get the lift. Oh, another fee. Another, 50, <laughs> another, another fee. Another fee. Hidden yeah. fees. Man, what a rough crowd. You know, Danny. Let's talk about the Snook Symposium. I, I think we probably cover most of the show on that. For you guys don't know, they had a Snook Symposium this past week, and Danny and I and, and Charlie Phillips and Danny Barrows and Scott Moore was there. Ray Markham. Ray Markham. Uh, Pat, Pat Kelly. Pat Kelly was there. And we went um, representing we had, the yeah, Florida Guides Association. Yeah, we had a good representation of Florida Guides. Yeah. And um, so it was, a, it was a good, it was a great, great event. Great event. And, you know, People have heard us on the air about Snook, and then we say that, uh, you know, this and that about the numbers aren't what they were. And, and But they this year, I think they've heard us, for the most part, say they're increasing. Uh, the small Snook numbers are getting there. And we, we had some really good stats. Um, the SPR, which, what is this? this the spawn, spawning potential ratio. There you go. How about that? I did that from the memory. The spawn potential ratio was, and Danny, you said on this committee, we set a number in what oh six of forty in two thousand six. We 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 worked with the Florida Wildlife Commission, and uh, I participated in it in a work group that made recommendations on how it was that we wanted our snook snook species managed in Florida. And the general consensus of people is that we wanted a we wanted some big fish. And we wanted a lot of fish. So they came out with a what they call a, a measurement of uh, spawning potential at 40%. Now, spawning potential, the, the spawning potential rate is a measurement of how many fish would spawn if there were, there were no pressure on them, no fishing on them. So we wanted a 40% spawn, uh, 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 spawning rate. At that time in 2006, from memory, and you know, don't 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 quote me on my when I'm going back, but we were somewhere around 26 to 32 percent spawning rate SPR. And when we came up with that 40 percent, or that, actually the 40 percent was in place already. The uh, um, uh, I think it had been in place since 1995. 
But we were told that that was a stretch goal and that it would be very, very hard to ever attain to attain that 40% spawning rate. And the East Coast and the West Coast are a little bit different. And, uh, they're, they're kind of a lot different. Yeah, well. I mean, the same species, but Yeah, they're, they're, there's some difference and, in there. So what we were trying to do in 2006 was come up with um, a way to, to make that 40%. And that's when we came up with the um, slot size of the closed season five months out of the year or seven months out of the year and open five months, and the slot size. And the slot size we came up with was 26 to 32 on the West Coast. And when they came up at later on, they eventually changed to 27 to 33 because of the pinch tail. We added an inch to it when they changed the, the, the recommendation of how to actually measure a fish. So that's where we were at, and we were doing pretty good, climbing up 2008, 2009, then along came 2010, and we had that horrible, horrible winter freeze that killed a good portion of our snook. We had a lot of snook, I and mean, it was just a lot of snook killed, especially Tampa Bay, uh, Sarasota Bay, all the way East down Coast to the East Coast, not so bad. Now, East Coast, not so bad because there's deeper water there, and they, there was a little bit more refuge for those snook to go off and find some, you know, some water to survive. So. Florida Wildlife Commission immediately closed the season. I think we had it closed for two years, and then it opened it up limitedly, or two, two and a half years or something like that. Then it opened it up, and people began to harvest them again. With that closing of two years, two and a half years, our spawning potential ratio is somewhere around 63% right now. That, that was pretty impressive. When yeah, I that, that, that to me was something. Now, I think that number is going to come down just naturally because no one fished them or no one was supposed to harvest them for two, two and a half years. And nature tends to take care of itself. After a big freeze like that and we had a, a die off of them, I think nature takes care of itself. And the, the next year we had, a, we, you know, we had a bumper year of spawning over the next two years. So I think there were a lot of snook on the water. What I was very, very pleased to see was that the study that Florida Wildlife Commission does, and they do this study every six, seven years um, on snook, but the study and the results of that study and that they presented to us is what I think is good representation of what I have been seeing out in the bay. Lots of small snook. The slot is being fished out. Is that good or bad? Um, I think it's working as intended because once that slot's fished out, you don't want to take any more fish. So if you got a five-inch slot window, and you know the the first month of the, your open season, everybody takes a lot of slot fish. Well, then you get to a point to where you're going to fish that slot out. And you're going to have to wait for the new new recruits to come in and 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 ascertain the size within that slot. So, I'm not concerned too concerned. I'm not as concerned as I was before this meeting about having the slot not have, not seeing a lot of fish in the slot. Uh, I I am concerned. I'd like to see a few more big ones out there, but we are seeing some big ones. Well, the the we only got one minute here. We're gonna. I, I tell you what, 
what we're and I'm gonna go ahead and comment us and we'll catch us on the backside. The I think what we're seeing is a lot of over over slides. Big, big yeah. fish. And um the smaller ones, a lot of small ones, then you have the slot. And people are keeping the slot. And you know, it's not against the law. Um but depending on how you are, whether you're an angler that likes to catch bigger snook versus eat them or you just want to eat fish will depend on how your judgment is on it on the slot and all that but uh well guys we gonna take a little break we get back we're gonna do the come on man segment they want to continue our talk about the snook the, the symposium you listen to tampa fishing outfitters radio on sports talk 1040 the team we'll be right back Designed by professional guides with four characteristics that all high-end fishing rods have. Durability, sensitivity, stability, and value. Built to use under all fishing conditions that every angler faces, there is no rod that covers more of your fishing needs. Ohiro Series rods include gold, platinum, signature, specialty kayak, and tournament rods. A rod for every angler. Whether you're a recreational angler, guide, or tournament professional, they have a rod that will be as versatile as your fishing conditions. Find Ohiro rods at many of your favorite tackle shops, Tampa Fishing Outfitters, or www.justforfishing.com. This is Captain Jason Prieto, and I have a new product to tell you about that puts more fish on the boat. It's called M80 Supercharged Chum with TNT Sparkle by M80 Marine Products. M80 Chum is a concentrated dry chum that is easily mixed with water and is great to use for all types of fish. From snapper and grouper on the wrecks to greenbacks on the flats, M80 Chum is always on my boat. If you are interested in purchasing some M80 Chum or would like more information on the product, just go to their website at www.m80marineproducts.com. Precision Tackle manufactures the best performance floats on the market today. The Cajun Thunder, Back Bay, and Blue Water Thunder all offer quality floats that is the industry's first weighted surface disturbance corks with a noise-attracting click. No gimmicks, just a quality float that delivers trip after trip. Take it from me, Captain Jason Prieto. These floats will put more fish on the boat. From the original Cajun Thunder to the all-new Back Bay Thunder, you will catch more fish. You can pick one up at Tampa Fishing Outfitters or other retailers near you. Captain Jason Prieto here, and if you're in the market for a new boat, I can't think of a better choice than Canyon Bay Boats. From their 2470 with its huge front deck to the popular 2400 with its full transom and offshore capabilities, they have the perfect boat for you. Each boat is custom built to fit your fishing style, and they have an option list that will make any angler glad they chose Canyon Bay. If you would like more information on Canyon Bay, check out their website at www.canyonbayboats.com or just give them a call for a sea trial at 727-639-7584. This is Captain Jason Prieto, and when I'm getting my engine serviced, I can't think of anywhere better than Alify Marine. Alify Marine is a full-service and warranty facility for Yamaha and Mercury outboards. They are also a dealer for all Weld and StarCraft boats that are in stock and turnkey ready. For all you do-it-yourself guys, they have all Yamalube and Mercury oils in stock. Don't forget, Alify Marine is a sales and warranty center for all PowerPole products to keep your PowerPole in good working condition. Alify Marine can meet all your service needs. Call now to schedule your next appointment. 813-671-BOAT. Ohiro Braided Line is the only gel-spun fiber line that comes in four colors, including our multicolor braid, which changes every 10 yards for trolling and deep dropping. Ohiro Braided Line is not only the thinnest line in the fishing industry, but also ranks as the highest in abrasion resistance, using the highest and latest technology. Ohiro Braid will cast further and last longer. It comes in many spool sizes from 150 yards to bulk size. Very importantly, with great prices. You can find Ohiro Braided Line at many of your favorite tackle shops, Tampa Fishing Outfitters, or online at justforfishing.com. 
And now it's time for the Come On Man, sponsored by Foy's Tire Service. If you need to get some new tires on your truck, car, or even your boat, just give Foy's Tire Service a call at 813-241-4017. And welcome back to our third segment of the show. It's Sunday morning. We hope you guys are up. If not, hopefully your alarm Hopefully, we're waking you up by your alarm clock going off to, to Tampa Fishing Outfitters yeah, this Radio. This is a good day to stay under those covers. Tune them in to 1040. We'll keep you entertained, even in the covers. Right, uh, Danny? Yep, absolutely. <laughs> so, we're going to do the comment later because we were in pretty deep conversation on the Snook Symposium. Um, you were mentioning that basically... Well, let, let me explain a little bit about the, about the size and why why we have that, that range and... You know, but it's only a five-inch range. Before you do that, let me go ahead and let listeners know that you're just not speaking hot air, that in 2006 you've sat on these boards, multiple meetings, and oh, yeah. actually with scientists and, and helped develop some of this information. So you do have an educated opinion or or facts, to, to so to speak, on this. Yeah, I mean, and, and you know, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm opinionated enough, and, and but I try and base some of my opinions on things that I've learned. But the, the size limits themselves, and I can tell you why we came up with it, is because all snook are born males, and at a certain size, or it's a percentage of them change over to females. Now, it's not, you don't get a snook that goes right to 24 inches and all of a sudden it's a female. So some are going below 24, some are over 24, some of them never change at all. But the thought was that to let a snook be a female, we felt pretty comfortable that once they reached 26, 27 inches, depending on how you measure it, that that snook had been a female and was able to spawn for two seasons, at least two seasons. And so, so before we would harvest a snook, it had the potential to spawn twice for two seasons. If it was lucky enough to make it through the slot, and get to be over 33 inches, 34 inches, well, then that's, that snook would spawn for the rest of its natural life, so long as somebody didn't take it out. So we were trying to get at least two spawns out of out of each snook that, that, that got there before we would harvest it. So that's why 27 to 33 made it, made it, made, that's why they, when they came up with those things. So it doesn't concern me too much that there's not a lot in the slot right now, so long as we're seeing bigger fish on the other side of it. Because that means there's more fish out there, more more big fish to spawn, and we've got more coming in. I've heard people say, well, let's lower the limit. Let's lower the, the size because we're doing good with snook. Let's lower the size and take a few more. Well, if you do that, you're, gonna kill a lot of fish. you're going to kill more fish, and they're not going to spawn. So if anything, you want to raise that limit. That's one thing I learned. I've, I've always been on the assumption they start to turn the female around 28. But if they do it by the time they're, yeah, they, they're, they're, By the time they're 28, we're hoping that they've spawned twice. And and now that, from what I've been, from what I gained from the meeting, that is kind of, that it, size limit doesn't guarantee that they're No, it's not, the, it's not an exact science. Yeah, that, that's based on genetics and, and yeah. you know, just like uh, breeding dogs. You, you, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to have... Through years of breeding, there's, you know, I mean, they've developed breeds from breeds mixing over the years, and you don't really know the bloodline. So right. that is a little on the 
And I don't, think, I don't think the average guy can take a snook out of the water and call it a male or a female. I, I think you almost have to, to cut the snook open to find out if it's a male or a female. Right. So, you know, some of that's but, – but for the most part, our numbers look good. And, it, and, and our numbers look good based on what I've seen this year. My fear was the, the slot. Now, my – you know – do you think that the slot is good or bad? Well, it depends if you're a meat fisherman or you're a sportsman. I'm a sportsman. I'll be honest with you. I can catch, for every 10, 30-inch snook I catch, I'll catch one that's 38, 39-inch. Big ones just don't feed that much. They eat big meals. They right. eat once, twice a day. A 30-inch fish is a trophy snook, and it still eats a lot of white bait, and they still got the smaller snook uh, similarities. So... You know, a lot of the guys that want to lower their slot were meat fishermen. I mean, mm-hmm. they want to keep fish every well, time they go out. But what they don't, what they don't realize, is how many anglers are out there that are catching snook that are twenty four inch, and how many of them are going to be kept. Mm-hmm. It, it would drastically. Well, just think about it. if you lowered the slot one inch or two inches. Let's say we went from twenty eight to twenty six inches. At some point in time, we're going to fish that slot out. Also, and then you're not now the problem is with that is it says okay, so you fish the slot out, you fish the slot out on the other side, and when it's bigger, but those twenty six inches haven't spawned enough yet. They haven't spawned for two years. They may have only spawned once. They may not have spawned at all. And and that's what the issue is. That's why you need to pick a size somewhere after they have spawned a number of times. I think, and, and I, I let's say, let's remember, there used to be an eighteen inch limit on snooks, and you can have five apiece. Yeah, there used to be yeah. a lot less fishermen yeah. pressure, and a lot of let, yeah, and and uh, guess what? We started doing, we started wiping them out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's and why the pressure these... grew, and more and more people were catching snook, and they became more popular. We started wiping the species out, and that was wrong because once you, if you take an eighteen inch snook out. It's not spawned. It's the yeah. It's you just you're. And by the way, not putting back in. By the the way, and it's my opinion, and I'll throw this in there. We need we need the smaller ones, the males, just as much as we need the females. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you got to have both of them to to spawn. Yeah. So you know, I I left that. I I would say, I personally would like to see the swat the slot switch even thinner, to maybe a a bigger uh, a higher low number. Maybe yeah. a thirty to thirty-three. Well, what, but but I don't think that's yeah. fair for me to say that. That's what I would like to see, but I don't think that's fair for me to go on a public forum right. and say that's the right answer. Right, right now the East Coast has a a thirty-two inch upper limit slot. I think it's thirty-three to thirty-two on the. I mean twenty-eight to thirty-two on the East Coast. Just, just I think I think the West Coast should change and go to that same slot. So we have one single slot size for the entire state i don't know if it's that big of a deal I, uh, well was, yeah but if it's 28 to 32 we'll do we'll do we'll do the the species some good at it i, I will tell you one thing that i noticed and they were showing uh numbers and growth based on regions mm-hmm. and while i'm not a big fan of regions what i did notice they had three regions that they checked on the golf and all three of them were pretty different uh, the lowest was Shark, was it Shark Bay or Tiger Bay? Yeah, shark, or, uh, shark, uh, no, I think it was Shark River. Down in the something Everglades. Shark down there. It was down it, in, it was in the, the Everglades. Bo- yeah, the Everglades. Their numbers were pretty, pretty bad. Yeah. Their numbers are still pretty bad. 
Uh, Boca Grant had the highest numbers, and they were really good, and then Tampa Bay had decent numbers. To me, that tells you that you've got pretty dramatic differences in each area on the same coast. The habitat's different. Right. To me, the answer is to put regions. Yeah. And that was what I had made a, 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 a mention to. Um, it will confuse stuff more, and it, 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 it would make it a little more difficult. But I think it's the right answer for the species to get things more level. Change the, you know, have different seasons. They've done this with trout before. And I, and I really think that, that that would help our numbers increase in Tampa Bay and, and down in Shark Island or whatever it is. I can't remember Tiger Island. I can't remember the name of it. Shark Island. It's Shark River. Shark River, whatever it is. But I, I really think uh, that that would help things level out even more. Boca Grande's done great. They had a great numbers, they're great growth. Everything looked really good. Tampa Bay looked decent. Um, but I really think that would be a. Good recommendation. Well, guys, we're going to take a little break. We get back, we're going to talk more Snook Symposium. You listen to Tampa Fishing Outfitters Radio on Sports Talk 1040 The Team. We'll be right back. This is Captain Danny Garino. One of the questions asked of a live bait fishing guide is, what should I use to chum up live bait? The answer is Perina 45, and Smelt Feed and Pet Supply carries it. It's cheaper and better than making it yourself. Smelt Feed and Pet Supplies conveniently located in Tampa at 4116 East 7th Avenue. Just ask for the bait chum that all the fishing guides use. Smelt Feed and Pet Supply, 248-2359, or you can visit them on the web at smeltfeed.com. Fishing Supply Liquidators, where your fishing dollar goes further. Over 500,000 top brand name rods, reels, lures, and frozen bait at crazy low prices. Open seven days a week, we teach people how to catch fish and back up our sales with professional and courteous service, rod and reel repair, and support. We can custom order any fishing tackle item that we don't stock. We are located at the Oldsmar Flea Market. Come on in. Are you looking for high performance and top quality fishing gear that will hold up under the toughest of fishing conditions? Then check out the O'Hara lineup of fishing products now available at your local tackle retailer or online at O'HaraFishing.com. Choose from a wide variety of rods, reels, lines, tools, and accessories to help you get the job done next time you're reeling in the big one. O'Hara, conquering the fishing world one cast at a time. 12 Fathom Saltwater Series Lures, top quality soft plastic baits. The line of 12 Fathom Lures are designed to trick all species and are available in the most productive colors. Visit their website, 12fathom.com. Use the Lures Pros Throw, 12 Fathom Lures, and catch more fish. Make them an offer they can't refuse with 12 Fathom Lures. The old saying, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure, holds true for your vehicle's health as well as your personal health. The experienced technicians at At Home Auto Care perform a free safety inspection with any maintenance or repair service, allowing them to spot a minor problem before it turns into an expensive breakdown. All repairs are guaranteed at At Home Auto Care. At Home Auto Care, 2003 South U.S. Highway 41 in Ruskin, Florida. Call 813-645-0339 to schedule your vehicle for an appointment today. This is Captain Jason Prieto. If you want to keep up with Danny and myself during the week to see what our latest catch is, just find us on Facebook. Search Tampa Fishing Outfitters Radio Show and hit the like button. We will keep you dialed in on what's biting on Tampa Bay. 
Captain Danny Guerrero here. DOA Lures has done it again. Captain Mark Nichols of DOA Lures has introduced his newest creation, the DOA Airhead. It will bring fish out of any hiding place. DOA Lures, the unfair advantage. Innovators, not followers. Check them out at the local tackle store or on the web at doalures.com. This is Neil Taylor with CaptainMel.com, Florida's number one fishing website founded by Captain Mel Berman. Your one stop for all your online fishing needs. C-A-P-M-E-L.com. Again, that's CaptainMel.com. Want to fish with one of the hosts of the Tampa Fishing Outfitters radio show? All you have to do is give us a call. 813-373-2610. And now it's time for the Captain's Tip of the Week. This segment brought to you by PowerPole's Shallow Water Anchors. Swift, silent, and secure. For more information, go to PowerPole.com. All right, welcome back to Sports Talk 1040, the team. Tampa Fishing Outfitters Radio. I'm Captain Danny Garino, and I'm here with Captain Jason Prieto. Yes, sir. Neil Taylor is missing in action. I don't know where he is. He's in bed. <laughs> Might be better. If we got him rolling on the snook, oh boy. we'd need another hour on the yeah, show. We'd need two hours. But uh, and, and, guys, if you just tuned in, happy Sunday morning to you. We're talking uh, fishing. We're also talking recap on the snook symposium that happened uh, in Orlando this past week that we attended uh, as per the uh, Florida Guides Association. We got to catch up some business, though. We got to do that. We got to come on, man. Come on, man. And I told to- Dan, I hate to put this guy on blast, but it's got to happen, man. It, so we, we had a uh, guy there, and, and I don't know his back. I think he might be an accomplished uh, snook angler, possibly. And I can't remember his name, but he was with some lure company. He kept plugging his lure company, by the way, about not using treble hooks and all this. So so they give you an open forum, and people have all these crazy ideas. And some of the, we were just laughing at the back, looking at each other on some of the stuff. And the one guy says, well, I think we need to be proactive with snook. And they're like, well, what do you mean? Well, the cold kills them, so I think we need to develop some kind of heater that water flushes through and we heat the water as it comes out. And and and, and so the snook will have warmer water in that area. Come on, man. <laughs> it's, called, it, it's called a power plant. It's called a power plant. Guess what? You know how many millions of gallons that thing dumps out, and it don't heat water that far out. No, the bay is way too big for and that. They, to happen. But they don't. As soon as you put some hot water there, we're gonna have a thousand more manatees. Yeah, well, manatees are clogged at the end. Starving because there's nothing to eat there for them. Yeah. Come on, man. I, and plus, cost efficiency. We can't raise snook because it's not cost effective. No, nope. cost more to but, <laughs> cost more to raise the snook. Tampa Bay yeah. or Poker. I mean. In theory, it sounded like a good thing, but he obviously didn't have a budget. No. <laughs> Come on, man. Come on, man. All right. Keep what about what bay. about the tip of the week? Tip of the week. You know, tip of the week is it, it, for right now. It's really cold. It, it's really going to have to be pick your days, Danny. Pick your days. Pick your days. Look at the weather. Barometric pressure is huge right now. Um, you do fish a high pressure day because sometimes it, it's kind of you get the high pressure set in and the day's calm. Slow down your approach. Use shrimp. Go bottom fishing. The pressure doesn't affect the fish's internal. You know, organism. you know how I pick my days. Well, I, I can't really pick them, but if I had to pick them this time of year, I, with my rule of thumb, two days after a cold front, 
and you can fish right up to the next goal front. Yep. You know, and, and the, the you know the problem we've had, Danny, is the cold fronts. Typically, in the in the in the in the summertime, you're looking. I think it's fifteen days. You get a front. May not be a cold front every fifteen days. Average on a normal winter is every eight days. Mm-hmm. So you cut your your windows in half. Well, we've had one every three to four days. Yep. Since the first of the year, so there's really not. not there hasn't been a break. No. There's maybe one day of break in between cold fronts. So that's that's been that's been the issue. It's been tough on us as guys yes, yes. too. Speaking it, speaking of cold fronts, you know, I have actually seen a bite shut down in the summertime, not because of a cold front, but because of a of a gust front or a a a, a line of thunderstorms moves through. Anything with the barometric pressure, and that barometric pressure changed right after that. And then, I mean, I was on a bite one day that was just on fire. We had we had a, a, a and it really didn't even rain. It's just cloud came over us and looked like it was going to pour kept going wind shifted and as soon as that wind shifted the bite shut down yeah it, it was amazing it can happen that fast danny it's uh just barometric pressure i've been out there tarping season we get the afternoon thunderstorms barometric pressure change i've seen the bite just go off and i'm looking and there's building white caps and you know, we're mm-hmm. flying tarpon and, and there's a storm coming and you got to make that call because when lightning starts popping, I'm getting out of there. Yeah, I remember that day last year, you and I were sitting off Joe Island and that lightning boat came. We were racing to get back to yeah. the dock. Yeah, we had them, uh, the Verados were, were humming they wide were. open, that was for sure. But uh, any kind of barometric pressure, it's, it's, it's going to be key this time of year. If you do fish in high pressure, slow your approach, use shrimp. Go out bottom fishing the bay for sheep's head. You'll catch more then than you will the trout. The, the shallower water seems to have more of an effect with the barometric, with the high pressure. So that's my captain's tip of the week. Good good tips. Um, back to Snook Symposium, a couple uh, interesting things. Um, one thing I wanted to bring to people's attention, uh, typically you hear us talk a lot about uh, river and the temperatures warmer in the summer. They did some studies. And what they found, and it made a lot of sense to me, but I was a little surprised that I've, I've misled myself over the years. The river systems were almost even with the bay and the flats on the consistent cooler days where the rivers really gave a warmer refuge for snook is on the dramatic drops. Like we had this past week where you get a 40, 30 degree morning. So when they had that drop, the water temperatures held better in the rivers, which gave them better refuge on the drops. But on the consistent cooler days, it wasn't as big of a deal as I originally thought it was. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing we did find out, and it's kind of making sense to the backwardsness of this year, the rivers provide a great food source in the winter Yeah. versus the flats. The bait gets off the flats, gets in the rivers. And this is probably some some of the reason why we haven't seen the fish in the river. There was a lot of stuff that I learned. I mean, you kind of know stuff, but you know, these guys have done studies. We, we actually just do based on what we see, but we always have days where the, we can't figure it out because it's not making sense, but listen to some of this stuff. It really, you know, opened your eyes to some, well, stuff. we've been ingrained over the years to say, okay, when it gets cold, go fish the river. And we, you make an assumption. Well, yeah, when it's cold, the river fishing is better, and it and and part of the reason is because of the cold. But the other part of the reason 
is because of the bait. If it's been warm all year, there's still bait out on the flats. Those fish may be comfortable out there, and there's good food source for them. Why go into the river? And that happened this year. Uh, I'd say the other problem with the river, it's been cooler than what it hasn't been other canals. I I have a theory that, and we, we're trying to figure this out, I think it's from all the fresh water this year. We had a record number of rain. Rivers are dumping fresh water, and we keep getting rain. We're getting mm-hmm. a ton of rain for January. Yep. And I have to believe that that fresh water is dropping the temperature. I I agree. That, because you you know that in the summertime, that the water temperature will drop right after a thunderstorm. Right. And you can you can see that. So, why yeah, sure. Why not? That's the cool thing about fishing, Danny. You never figure it out. No. I mean, you, get, you always you get learn. A grasp on if it. you ever think you figured it out, you need to change and Quit. go do something go else do something because else. you haven't figured it out. And I can promise you that won't happen. Now, I've, I'm, we, we, we I've been fishing my whole life and I'm still learning stuff every day. Yeah. Every day. The, the good thing about our listeners is they're cheating. They get to listen to us. They get to listen to us. We, we go out there and do all the hard work and they go, oh, okay, that makes sense. I'll go try that tomorrow. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, I encourage trying things because if you don't try them, you don't know if they'll work or not. And, 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 you know, that, that's, you know, the, the, here's the biggest plus about being a guide versus a weekend warrior. Um, and, and Danny, I think you've witnessed this this year by taking some time off is that I'm out there on the water every day and it changes daily while you think you have a, you have an educated idea of what to do if you're a good fisherman, but if you haven't been out there three weeks, you don't know where the bait is. Where hmm. me, I can feed off what I did yesterday. And it changes a little bit day to day, moon to moon. And that's the advantage of, of going with a guide and being with a guy. They are typically on top of the bite or not on top of it. And if they're not on top of it, they know, they at least know the next day, if the bite was horrible, go mm-hmm. do something else. Go do something different. So, and, and that's the, that's the biggest thing. And, 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 you know, where you get the benefit is, you know, you went on some cruises this year and took some time off. You say, "Hey, man, how's the bite?" And I say, yeah, "Go here, go go get yeah. bait here." The bite got, was he, good. He, he, a good guide, all good guides, all good guides have a have a good network of people they can rely on to get information. Yeah, I mean, now, I mean, there are some there are some people out there that I, if I I know if I called them, I'd get a lie out of them. So you don't even call them, right? But you, every guide should. And most of the good ones do have a network of people that they can rely on to to give them some information. Yeah, because if you get, I mean, then you're, slow. you're not going to say, yeah, you know, you're not going to say go to this coordinates and no, you say the you, bite was, yeah, good, bite down was good down south. You go down south, and you you know I got spots down south, so I run down south, and and sometimes we cross paths, but you yeah. know it's Who cares? And, and and that's the difference between our area and Gandy and St. Pete. Now Gandy. Like, I know Jim Lemke, great captain, been doing it way longer than I have. I think he's done it longer than you. Mm-hmm. He's got stuff. Uh, he's fished up there an eternity. So I know that Jim fishes Gandy where other people probably don't fish. But even he tells me it's crowded everywhere. Gandy and St. Pete tend to be a little bit of a problem with that because you'll get guys overlapping each other too much so everybody gets kind of aggravated. Our area is kind of spread out. So, you know, me and you overlap each other, but – we have a mutual respect to you go do your own thing. Or if I'm on good fish, I'll call you in. I know that yeah. you, it's going to be you and that's it, you know? So, but having that network is, is big. Um, I'm fortunate. I'm pretty busy. So I get to be out there every day and, uh, fortunate for you at times because it makes it easy if you've been off for a while. So yeah. it, it, uh, and vice versa, there's times where you've been out 
and I've had a slow week. I said, Hey man, where's bait? And you know, oh, get it over here, do this, you know, go check out this mark or that. And, and it just, so the, the learning curve is less for us. Mm-hmm. And, and the fact that we're doing it repeatedly is less. So that that's, that's one of the major benefits going with the guy. It's not that I'm a better fisherman than the average Joe. It, that doesn't happen. I, we have, we have a different agenda. Our agenda is to catch fish, but our agenda is also to make customers happy. Customers happy. Now that's that to me is the most important. Thing. If I was making myself happy, I wouldn't be catching a bunch of fish. Mm-hmm. So that's the difference. But uh, well, guys, it's been a great show. We've got about two minutes left. Uh, next week we'll be at it again. Uh, we'll have Neil back in here. On Danny, I'm, I'm sure you'll. This is be the last here. segment already. Yeah, man. Wow. Time flies when you when you have we, we put a, a decent show together and we had some good content with the Snook Symposium and it was some stuff we didn't even get to. But uh we look forward well, to mention the Florida the, the Florida Guides oh, meeting. Florida Guides regional meeting. Any guides, anybody in the industry. Doesn't cost you a penny, free food. Uh the Florida Guides Association, February, I'm sorry, January twenty sixth, we we're gonna have our regional meeting at Rick's on the River, Tuesday at six to nine. Free food. You don't have to be a member. Just come. Just got to register on Facebook. So you gotta we got to re- Yeah, register on Facebook. Um, just message me. Uh, message the radio show. Um, if, you, if you're not invited to the event, and I can invite you, or shoot uh, shoot me an a, uh, email at capjasonp at gmail, and I'll get you registered so we get a head count. But, again, that's January 26th, which is next Tuesday. This Tuesday coming up, it's at Rick's on the River in Tampa, mm-hmm. and and I'll, let me tell you what the agenda is. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna have stuff about what the Florida Guides Association did last year, what they plan to do this year in 2016, and a review of the Snook Symposium. So, and we're gonna talk about membership and all that. And, yep. and guys, the Florida Guides Association, we got some great new guys in there doing an awesome job. So don't forget January 26th. Six to nine at Rick's on the River. Be there. You're the outfitters. You guys have a good weekend. Precision Tackle offers a variety of spoons and spinner baits that are superior to any others on the market today. The Flash Intruder Wheeler Spoons are offered in eighth ounce quarter ounce and half ounce sizes and come in gold, silver, copper, and black. Precision Tackle also offers the Thunder Spin, Cajun Flash, and Stalker Spinner Baits. These baits are made to perform flawlessly in salt water and catch plenty of trout, redfish, flounder, and mackerel. This is Captain Jason Prieto. If you want to keep up with Danny and myself during the week to see what our latest catch is, just find us on Facebook. Search Tampa Fishing Outfitters Radio Show and hit the like button. We will keep you dialed in on what's biting on Tampa Bay. Want to catch more fish? Try O'Hero's 100% fluorocarbon leader. It's by far the most invisible fluorocarbon on the market today, with superior abrasion resistance to meet any rugged saltwater conditions. O'Hero fluorocarbon leader is easy to tie and comes in all strengths to fit every angler's needs. Used by many tournament anglers and charter boat captains, O'Hero fluorocarbon leader should be in your tackle box. See them at www.justforfishing.com, Tampa Fishing Outfitters, or any of your major tackle shops. This is Captain Jason Prieto, and when I'm getting my engine serviced, I can't think of anywhere better than Alify Marine. Alify Marine is a full-service and warranty facility for Yamaha and Mercury outboards. 
They are also a dealer for all Weld and StarCraft boats that are in stock and turnkey ready. For all you do-it-yourself guys, they have all Yamalube and Mercury oils in stock. Don't forget, Alify Marine is a sales and warranty center for all PowerPool products to keep your PowerPool in good working condition. Alify Marine can meet all your service needs. Call now to schedule your next appointment. 813-671-BOAT. This is Captain Jason Prieto, and I have a new product to tell you about that puts more fish on the boat. It's called M80 Supercharged Chum with TNT Sparkle by M80 Marine Products. M80 Chum is a concentrated dry chum that is easily mixed with water and is great to use for all types of fish. From snapper and grouper on the wrecks to greenbacks on the flats, M80 Chum is always on my boat. If you're interested in purchasing some M80 Chum or would like more information on the product, just go to their website at www.m80marineproducts.com. This is kind of a great thing, and I'll tell you why. Your home for NBC Sports. The new Sports Talk 1040, the team, and SportsTalkFlorida.com.